0: So what are you cooking over here? I made fried rice with some mushrooms oh and eggs. Gosh. I steamed the celery root. So it's oh like gonna be God. like celery root steaks. And then what? I made like a veggie mm-hmm. sauce to put on top of that. And then I got some broccoli drops that will eat up. there is something special about getting friends together for a meal at home. Time seems to slow down as conversations flow at an uninhibited rate. The walls of a home protect us from the outside world, but over a shared meal we are able to transcend the boundaries that exist between us. Rather than meeting in a restaurant or a crowded bar, the dinner party is a place with few distractions and the comfort of a couch nearby.
1: We have found that our most cherished times with friends are shared in this space. Meals serve as the medium to introduce strangers and to catch up with old friends, to vent about work and bicker about politics. We want to bring the conversations from our home kitchens into your ears. With each episode, we invite guests over to discuss one issue that plagues our food system. People may not agree with one another, but we allow the conversation to meander among problems, solutions, and every mess in between. We want to escape the confines of typical interviews by bringing our casual dinner party environment to the issues we care about most. This is Supper Talk. I'm Sarah McKean.
0: And I'm Braxton Schell. Welcome to episode number one, Food Education and Access.
1: We welcomed Ellie Limpert, Director of Educational Programs at the Poughkeepsie Farm Project in Poughkeepsie, New York. She works in local schools teaching both children and adults about farming and nutrition. Ellie is a beacon of positivity who shares her enthusiasm for farming with everyone around her. For me, it's less
2: about actual teaching mm-hmm. and more about just like offering this experience to fall in love, to mm-hmm. fall in love with the earth and these this bounty that it produces. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously there's this it's a huge mindset yeah. shift that has to happen, but people begin, at least in my experience, people begin to eat
0: only local when they're like obsessed with local food. Also at the table was Doug DeCandia, grower for the Food Bank of Westchester. He works to grow fresh food for communities in need and also is an educator for formerly incarcerated youths and the disabled in Westchester County, New York. Doug has a unique ability to speak about food in our earth with magnetic poetic prose.
3: What are some of the practices that we can really do and like teach, like work with kids around, work with people around that are like about that coexistence and that regeneration, you know, of, of farming? And it's not just like growing in a garden bed and carrots and compost, it's like actually, like below that garden bed and below the concrete, below it is earth, and how do we bring that earth? support that earth to express itself and like Mm -hmm. break that concrete Mm -hmm. and allow what is buried deep within us to be expressed. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) So like do a poetry book? (laughs) It's so good. One of the things that Ellie and Doug are both conscious of is their role as outsiders entering communities in need. Ellie spoke on how self-aware she is of the tension between her educational background at Cornell University and the actual work it takes to create change in a small community.
2: you know the conversation that I'm bringing to the table is from Poughkeepsie in specific
1: mm-hmm. and
2: um, what we've built in Poughkeepsie like came from is is coming from our community and that I think is why it's becoming so well received instead of you know I for a really long time, was so revved up, learning about all these different concepts at Cornell, and just feeling like, oh my god, I need to change this system. How do I do it? Do I like work with kids? Do I work with adults? Do I work with policy? Do I work with education? And I was just like so disconnected from the actual people living in in the system because mm-hmm. uh, I was just learning about it from you know scholarly articles or whatever.
1: Meanwhile. Doug touched on his particular approach to farm education in a diverse community.
3: You know, in my position where I feel most comfortable as like a, a white male in urban areas doing agriculture work is not to try and teach something. You know, I've come to like this awareness that like, I, like it's a part of all of us, you know? I, I don't want to be that overarching voice to be teaching, you know, because that—people like me, who have looked like me for a long time, have been doing. Right. <laughs> and I don't want to be continuing that because I recognize and I feel strongly that it's a part of all of us. And so the garden for me is a place where people can come out to and even just be in a peaceful environment, away from noise and not mm-hmm. be told to do anything or how to do anything but just to to be around plants and you know connect again to those things that you know in this place that we come from and then and then to be able to eat that and share that with our communities and our neighborhoods you know and our families so i think i am i'm learning i'm always learning and Mm -hmm. listening you know Mm -hmm. and i i don't um it really trying and intentional not to put any boundaries on what I'm doing like I'm just a gardener like that's my job <coughs> to grow food.
0: Ellie and Doug both work in communities and need of fresh food but they grapple with being outsiders who enter these new places and seek to teach members of the community. Being in the garden and working with plants and with soil is like
3: how I can most honestly show up and engage with other people, I think, is through this work.
2: Yeah, and I have to say that I definitely struggle with this so much. Um, we've, like, talk, touched on it a little bit, Doug and I, but I think, you know, it's it's the same story for me and for our farm in mm-hmm. this, like, beautiful community of Poughkeepsie, where we're filtering in, um, you know, lots of individuals who have like graduated from elite colleges and like had lots of opportunities um, open to them. Instead of finding a way to really engage the community in those positions,
1: mm-hmm. Ellie told us a bit about her experience entering schools and the value of allowing students to engage with food directly. Like the curriculum
2: that was that's like to get me in the door in schools Mm. I'm like this is how I'm gonna connect it to the common core so you gotta let me come and (laughs) and teach this um but it it really is about the healing space Mm -hmm. and just how it really it like touches on kids natural curiosity like gives them a place to explore a really beautiful wildly alive space like actually alive (laughs) like it might seem uh, to make sense and like maybe you're like oh like I don't know but when you see it it's so obvious yeah Yeah.
1: and how this experience is similar with parents in the community
2: I think vegetables have a bad rap
1: yeah and because of
2: the way that our food system is set up vegetables that most people have access to are not very flavorful and delicious And once people do just like taste this fresh food, they're like, wait a minute. And it's good for me, you know, like, and it does all these things for me. Yeah. There's this one lesson that I teach to the family cooking workshop that secretly, it's like falling in love with your least favorite vegetable. And I always show up with like, one time showed up with kale. And um, we were gonna make three different recipes with kale to just like, because it's kale is one of the things that we grow a lot of at the farm it just keeps producing and we have a ton to donate and we're like who knows if people are actually eating this yeah when i showed up i like had the kale behind my back in like a bouquet and i brought it out and all these moms were like oh no (laughs) like no (laughs) get out of here with that like no and then by the end they were like wait uh okay this is actually good like i think i could eat this like literally every day yeah yeah
0: through her work, Ellie is affecting opinion to create change in how consumers in small communities purchase and eat food. As the dinner continued on, though, our conversation turned to the ultimate power of this type of work. Grocery is like a,
3: a child of industry, you know? And it's like,
0: like, that's what we need to get away from, I yeah. feel like. It's like... So you, you think can. as opposed to trying to go in and changing what is being sold in grocery stores It's better to just step away from the whole system altogether And change the system and Do you just think that's possible? Have we go to marketing? It has to It's be. happening yeah. <laughs> it's happen- Do you think I mean, it's
1: happening though like In I mean, Poughkeepsie which is in like In Westchester where they're They're rural areas but like They're not poor rural areas
2: Well we're providing the best food that yeah. People can get And in making it affordable and easy to access yeah but but it's also like you know then you think about how you need we can't provide all the groceries exactly so like who wants to go to three different places to, it's just who not can. in our yeah. okay, not in our culture right now and
1: yeah. I guess that kind of comes back to like the privilege thing where it's like you call it farmland is viewed currently like from a city perspective as like something of privilege and it's also like if you're sourcing from the farmer's market and then you do have to go to three places to get your groceries for the week like you can't do that if you're Mm -hmm. on a budget like especially like a time budget we currently rely on cheap and convenient food can we really switch to an agrarian society in which we source our food from small local providers
3: food should not be like, more accessible to others. Like, if we're living totally. in a democracy, as we say, yeah. like, there's sh- it, it should not be dependent on one's financial, economic state, how they get good food. Like, <laughs> if the fun, you know, we need food to live. Yeah. So, why is it dependent upon how much you have to spend on it? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's part of like the complex of food. It's like, it's really hard to make a, a, a living as a farmer, I think, because food just inherently exists outside of an economic system. Like, we should not be paying for nutrition. Like, that just doesn't... Right? right? Like, that—that yeah. that is something as human as, as we are, like, nutrition. And so to put money, involve money in, in that, like, separates this fundamental human necessity from like access to everybody Mm -hmm. and so how like i think that's why it's so like farming and food is not part of like the public conversation Mm -hmm. like it's a very small you know of us that are talking about this idealized
0: part of our culture because people do like to think of americans as an agrarian society Mm -hmm. which is i don't think is a, a historical reality current food system is dependent upon mechanized processes that keep food cheap, devastate the environment, and take power out of local economies. Grassroots work, like Ellie's and Doug's, is slowly upending that system, but our conversation ultimately led to how we got to this place anyway. Someone said to me,
2: "Um, well you know that food stamps is just set up to keep people who are in that system in that system and nothing that you can do is gonna nothing you can do through education is gonna lift them out of that and I was just like crushed you know as someone like just out of college excited to provide support in some way and it took many more years for me to learn the true history and become so convinced that there needs to be a huge shift in mindsets, and I, I, even talk about, I talk about food justice with my family and with lots of people that are close to me. And when people hear food justice, they have no idea what that means.
1: What does it mean to you?
2: Equal access for everyone to all uh, like opportunities human. within to all types of food, all opportunities within the food system, and um, culturally appropriate food. Um, I feel like for me and for, like, people I've engaged with uh, from, like, my life before this work, it's once you start to really understand the true history, it's imp- it's really hard to look back. Hmm. It's, like, you can't morally, yeah. 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 Do you it, think that there's,
1: that there's any part of our society that's not based on that history and that system? Like, what, mm-hmm. is there some segment of... Um, American life that's, like, broken the mold from which we were formed. Like, like you mentioned Black Lives Matter and, like, racism and how we, like, thought we were over that and, like, we're clearly not. And, like, currently that's, like, on top of everyone's mind. And we're still struggling so much to break it. But that's, like, that's, I think that's ideological in more of a way than food. But I just, I can't really think of an instance where we're beyond it.
0: We're beyond racism. And like the white supremacy that we were built upon. No, I mean, if anything, it's just expanded to be an all-out war on the poor.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and more it. We've just
0: gotten better at it. Yeah. And
3: better at disguising it. Yeah. You know, it hasn't changed. I mean, it's been the same thread that's been continuing through history. It just changes what it looks like. and so what it looks like today is different than what it looked like in the 1960s but it's the same at the core you know and it just looks different and it's been manipulated to be hidden easier so that like well intentioned people support it in their unknowing Mm.
0: and Doug left us with insight into not only what they do, but the approach that is most effective in work like theirs. Both emphasize the importance of engaging the community from within and getting people to touch the earth.
1: Our dreams of an agrarian society are embedded in our capitalist formation built by white men. The oppression that we currently witness among populations who lack access to proper nutrition is a product of our history. If we want to fix that, we need to foster awareness, empower communities, and like Doug so poetically emphasized, embrace the earth from which we are all formed. Based on what we said, like, what do you want to leave mm. us with that you may have not said like so completely?
3: I think I'm learning in what food justice means and open to what that and embodying that and um, you know just and and right now what I th- what I think what I feel from that language from that word is that that's a union of social justice and environmental justice of love for the person and love for the land and for the earth and I think that food justice the work that we that I'm committing my life to is that connecting people to the, to the land. And I think how, what that looks like and how we can do that systematically and individually to get make that more accessible and easier for people to be um, back with the land. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think my, the program that I'm working with now is, that's the essentially, I think, what we're doing is training people in a way. Providing a space that we can learn some of these skills that once we do get to the land that we can and then how do we actually make that available. So. I feel like
2: um, one of the things you guys were saying towards the end of this uh, chat <laughs> <laughs> was that a lot of these conversations are really broad. And um, you were saying that in... In kind of a funny way I feel like it's a really important thing to leave these conversations pretty broad just to leave it open for people that you're inviting to the table to bring what they have and their perspective and um, there's a lot there's a lot we can learn through histories and through um, like academia but uh, in order to like actually at least in my experience, in order to really be uplifting, um, a community, it like really means to like step away from that idea, and and step into the community. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And it's really different for every community.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we move forward, as a culture and a country, we have to ask ourselves what is most important for us. Investing in our health through food seems to be an easy place to start. Ellie and Doug represent the future and where we're hopefully headed, but also stand as a reminder that we've got distance to cover. Supporting the local farming community not only allows for a connection to the land, it also gives smaller farms the ability to grow and provide better access to better products. That access and the knowledge of those vegetables should be for everyone and these two are working to make that a reality. By engaging youth and their curiosity, the way folks eat in the future can slowly bend in the direction of a smarter path and ultimately lead to a more equal and affordable grocery food system.
1: Food education and access is a serious subject. We often don't see the people who are most affected, and moreover, we are blind to the systems that fuel this segregation of access to proper nutrition. As people like Ellie and Doug continue their work to improve this system, every consumer also has the ability to purchase from small farms, to flex their buying power, and to support the local economy. Our current economic system doesn't make this cheap or convenient like a large grocery store, but investing your dollars into local food builds up those around you to slowly chip away at the corporate food industry. Thank you for joining us on our first episode of Supper Talk. We hope you are able to gain perspective on one facet of our food system. We will tackle more issues with every dinner and bring the conversation from our kitchen table to you.
0: Um uh, okay, one last question. Last meal. Last meal on earth? Mm. What was your last meal? Like if you oh, if you oh, whoa, if, whoa, if you were given the choice, oh. no, 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 what will no, be, no, no. be your last meal? Actually, that's a good question too. What was your last meal? Yeah. However, more importantly. Well, f- both <laughs> if given it the choice the like you knew that you were going to have to like choose your last meal what would it be and if you'd like what would the set be? wow I can answer this question if it helps you because I've thought about this I there's actually it a it great well. cookbook that you should read that's every chef's like explaining oh that's amazing yeah my dad's risotto oh my god yeah.
1: that's
3: awesome that's, that's great. mushrooms yeah. that's actually that kind of
1: changes mine because my dad makes a really nice like breakfast at home. Mm. But mine was going to be a slice of Sicilian pepperoni from Prince Street.
0: Pizza would be very close. I would definitely want like some form of hash brown or home fried mm-hmm. and like, two good basted eggs mm-hmm. and like a piece of, like a biscuit, like a proper biscuit. biscuit. Yeah. Right, Elliot. Yeah. Mine mm-hmm. might be like, really weird.
2: Well yeah, like, sweet potato as yes. your airport food, like
1: outdo that. <laughs> it would
3: definitely
2: be like a big beef bone that I could like suck the marrow out of oh,
1: Yes. <laughs> and oh just like God. clean like a dog. Yeah. And,
2: like, uh, I do that when once people like leave the dinner party, yeah. I'm like, all right, see you later <laughs> I it. <laughs> <stopped. laughs>
0: all the lights go off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's
1: so good. Yeah.
0: Both emphasize the importage of engaged. Ellie and Doug left us with the insight. The impression that we currently. Motherfucker. The impression. The impression that we God fucking damn it. The impression.